hey, just jumping in here quickly because I'm really excited to share that I've just launched something brand new. It's called the Smell Gym. This is the place to exercise your sense of smell. I've got online classes for everyone, no matter your ability to smell or not to smell. As you know by now, I'm really passionate about our sense of smell, and I want everyone to have the healthiest, most robust ability to smell possible. I invite you to go to my website, smellgym.com, and check out what might be the best fit for you. Hello, and welcome to An Aromatic Life. Today, I've got a really beautiful conversation for you with a very special woman who wrote a book that I want you to know about. In fact, this book should be a reference guide for anyone working with natural ingredients, either for aromatherapy, perfumery, herbalism, or anything similar. This book not only tells the story of the sacred wood, how to live in it, learn from it, derive spiritual enrichment from it, and importantly, how to preserve and protect it, but also tells the origin stories of many recipes, remedies, and rituals that derive from a variety of African and African-American traditions. So let me tell you a little bit more about my guest. Priestess Stephanie Rose Bird is a painter and the author of several best-selling books on earth spirituality, hoodoo, and anthropology, including Sticks, Stones, Roots, and Bones, 365 Days of Hoodoo, Light, Bright, and Damn Near White, and African-American Magic. Priestess Bird, who holds a BFA cum laude and MFA, is a devotee of the divinely feminine. She's also the author of A Healing Grove, African Tree Remedies and Rituals for the Body and Spirit, which we're talking about here today. She's an elder, eclectic pagan, magic maker, and keeper of the spiritual wisdom of her indigenous African ancestors. Her work centers around the nexus of earth wisdom and the legacy of Black cultural heritage. This is a beautiful conversation, and I can't wait for you to hear it. So let's get started. Enjoy my conversation with Stephanie Rose Bird. This is An Aromatic Life, the podcast that aims to shed light on our beautiful sense of smell and increase its profile in a culture dominated by sight and sound. My name is Frau Kagalia. I'm a certified aromatherapist and smell coach who spent over 20 years in and around the fragrance industry. What I know for sure after all these years is that our sense of smell is powerful, yet is so underappreciated. There's so much we can do to harness our sense of smell to be well. So join me as I explore this mesmerizing sense from all different angles and learn what it can do for you. Enjoy the show. I want to welcome you to an aromatic life, Stephanie. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy you're here. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. We've been connected on and off for the last couple of years, but I think it was in 2020 when I first reached out to you and I learned that you had this beautiful book that we're going to talk about here today. And I can't wait. I mean, I think a lot of people already know it, but I want even more people to know about it because oh, it's an important book. It's to me, it's a reference book. It's the first place I turn now as opposed mm -hmm. to going to some of my other sources, because it has such rich and historical information about a field you and I are both in um, yeah. about therapy, it's herbalism, it's perfumery, it's everything. It's all those aromatics and 
uh, carrier oils and hydrosols and and just healing traditions that come mm. from the beautiful um, motherland of Africa. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we'll we'll get into the book in in just a few minutes. But I always like to start by asking my guests. Um, question of what does the sense of smell mean to you and I'd love to know what it means to you it means a lot (laughs) I you know I like I'm a very sensual person and it's one of our um, senses Um, you know it's hard to extrapolate you know is it is it the visual is it taste is it smell Um, but smell is very up there on my list of importance um it sort of like helps me to know where i am so it's like a locator in the world it it really you know i like my home to smell a certain type of way and when i go to different people's homes i look at the art and then i have my nose do the rest of the work about the smell so interesting um, yeah. yeah, smell is just very, um, very important to me. And it is as well in my professional work as an aromatherapist, of course, um, and product designer in particular, because there I get the opportunity to be an, a mixologist of, of scents. So um, I think I have a really good nose and I enjoy scents very much and smell. But I want to ask you, did you, did you connect with your sense of smell much growing up? I mean, were you somebody who smelled a lot or thought about it? I mean, I know I wasn't, but, you know, some people are. I'm just curious. Yeah. I have scent memories. So okay. I remember, like, um, growing up, of course, bacon in the kitchen with my mother or my grandmother cooking um, the big um, weekend breakfast type meals. Um, I love the smell of onions, um, sauteing in butter in a pan. You know, it's funny to say one of the first things that popped into my mind and I'm like, oh, don't say that. But it's uh, my father was a fisherman and not a professional fisherman, but it was um, a big, big hobby of his as we grew up on the lake. And uh, he would catch fish and when they were swimming in the bucket like I really like how they smell they don't smell like in an offensive way they smell of the source where they come from the the lake so I really I really like that Um, that's one of my big scent memories I love that because people also sometimes tell me that they love the smell of cow manure because they spent the summer with their uncles on the farm, you know, helping out. So, you know, smells are, they encompass your surroundings and the people you were with at the time too. So yes, really beautiful connection. The dampness also of the forest, you know, the, um, the way the earth um, smelled at the, um, at the base of the trees. I I really enjoy that when I would bend down to touch the moss. Yeah so beautiful (laughs) yeah I love it I love it and where where was that the fishing you grew up in 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 South Jersey Jersey. yeah in South Jersey very nice nice. uh, technically (laughs) a outcrop of the pine barrens 
So there are lots of um, coniferous um, trees and particularly um, pine, different kinds of pine trees. My mother and I had this thing where um, when we would go to the Jersey Shore, we would go to Cape May a lot. And um, we were a, um, a poor family. We didn't um, have very much money to be buying things on their boardwalk or anything like that. But we loved sniffing the different kinds of soaps. Oh. So that's like a really, really um, early memory of mine is the smelling of the soap. And um, sometimes we would buy a bar of it and bring it home and I would just savor it. Yeah. Instead of using it up, you just yeah would sniff it every once in a while. I have, yeah. I have some soaps like that. Very um, special. Yeah. 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 They're almost too special. You don't want to use them. You just want to. Yeah. Them. <laughs> they were just like the French milled soap. So they yes. weren't like the cold process soap. I'm very like specific and particular about my soaps, <laughs> but um, but they can be nice too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have a a favorite perfume even growing up? Or I first, I first did. <laughs> um, so Lily of the Valley, um, oh, just like yeah. a older perfume, and um, I liked the um Chanel number no. five, and I liked Opium a lot. Nice. Opium is so so they're kind of polar opposites because one is light and um somewhat dainty, the Chanel, and then the opium is so sultry and powerful. So um two different kinds of uh polarities in scent that I enjoyed growing up. Nice. I mean if you think about it, it's it's good to have some different kinds of scents, right? Depending on yes. your mood. Because it really is about your mood, right? Mm -hmm. you, you you wear a perfume based on your mood. You think you're doing it for other people, but you're really doing it for yourself at the end of the yeah. day. Because it's something you're wearing and you have mm -hmm. to smell constantly. So yeah, I totally get that. Well, let's get into your book. Should we start talking yeah, about the sure. book? So let me just say the name of it again and the link to buy it will be in in the episode notes so anybody who wants to check it out please do the book is called a healing grove african tree remedies and rituals for body and spirit a beautiful book that we're going to talk about now and that i hope everyone goes out and buys <laughs> oh, thank you. So i thought we could start by having you read a, a passage from the book in the introduction because i think okay. it will set us up nicely if you wouldn't okay. mind that Billie Holiday sang the bittersweet song to perfection. This song, which Time Magazine named Song of the Century, is an ode to lynched African-Americans, casting a glaring spotlight on injustice and illuminating some of our uneasiness towards the woods, which in the metaphor of a brutal reality, strange fruit likens the swinging, dull, lifeless bodies of our people to a strange fruit. Who can fault an African-American of the older generation for being afraid of the wood? This fear is a source of some of our country blues. And I don't mean that in a musical way. Rather, it is a malaise we feel in colonized lands that was not present in the same way in the motherland. Yes, we feared animals, reptiles, poisonous insects, some wild spirits and foreign warriors' clans, 
but not fellow Americans who would kill us sometimes simply because of the color of our skin. I am, however, undeterred. And we as a people have always been that way. The African-American spirit of survival has always been strong. While some make their way in the urban jungle, my grounding and centering remains in the forest, as lush and mysterious as it is forgiving yet foreboding. I'm hoping my story of a healing grove transports you back and forth across the Atlantic on a journey that builds an understanding of the potent healing power of trees not just for African descended people, but indeed for all, wherever they are rooted. So beautiful. Thank you for reading that. Oh, sure. Thank you for inviting me to read it. I like to be re-engaged with my different works. So yeah, I, yeah, I really like that. <laughs> I like that passage too. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it go, there's so many other beautiful ones. We could just do a whole episode on reading your book. No. <laughs> but, um, Thank you. How did you. How did you come about writing this book? I'm just curious how this formed the whole idea of writing it. Yeah, um, so I, um, I grew up sort of facing off to one um, stand of trees in a forest and then our house was um let's see to the well three sides no two sides of it were also um nestled in forest so that was my um my life wow growing up in my formulative years and it really has always resonated with me and meant a lot and I feel like there is a lot of medicine in trees um, one of our greatest fears growing up my father kind of instilled it in us is that across the um, lake those trees would be cut down for condos it was a, a tremendous fear that we had that never um, came to happen thank goodness yeah um, yeah so we were very fond of the trees. Did you feel like there was no book out there that told these stories of the trees? Um, yes. I mean, I have some that I like that are written by um, European descended authors. And um, sometimes in them, I enjoy... Um, one of them that I have but another I'm like where where are the African types of trees I don't I don't yes. see them and I go from cover to cover like I'm looking and looking so um yeah that that happens and it's still happening um yeah. you know this book was written quite a while ago yes. but um some of the books that I pick up now do the same thing so yeah 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 well I think, like you said, it's this is this is a book that's for me that's rich in so much information. In um, it gives you remedies. It gives you really the origin story of, of things. Right? It's it's got so there's so much in here. We're we're not going to get into all of it because we couldn't possibly <laughs> in just a short time. But it's it's really about 
moving the gaze away from a U European perspective and, and yes. going back to the origins. And I think that needs to come to the forefront more. It's just mm. not enough of it. So I want everyone to use this book as a reference book as well. I mean, it's just so important. So yeah, yes, please, you. please know that. Um, was Would you say, and this might be a silly question, but would you say that the information was difficult to source or is it something that you've known or that's been passed down is it a combination of things you know how did you yeah it's a combination there it was not at all difficult because it's all you know in the age of the internet it's just there you know yeah. you, can, you can find the information that you are seeking but I think that I I started real close in so things like cocoa butter um pine the pine wash that I develop in the book um yes and share yeah um you know what did we do at home that involved trees so I started there and then extended out and there was even you know there's a story that um no one really wants to talk about very much but it seems as though my grandfather's brother was lynched so that's another tree story that's um you know probably um, precipitated yeah. me beginning the book in the way that I did that passage yes mm. that was that was a yeah that was an important read but um yeah I mean trees like you said played a, a role in your life early on right mm -hmm. you tell the story in the book about moving from New York to New Jersey right Just that mm -hmm. little move can you tell everybody about that when you moved or yeah it was n not a new york proper but a suburb of new york in new jersey okay. um and um you know completely uh black area um neighborhood town i don't i don't know what to call it because where <laughs> i live now we call this a village and um that was not called a village but uh you know it seemed like a city to me right um east orange um, one of the oranges okay. and um, I was born in Montclair so um, you know all around that area Montclair is quite um, full of trees but anyway um, where I was living was very urban we had sidewalks and curbs and things like that which once we moved to um, South Jersey and into the area that I lived there were no um, sidewalks or curbs or or things like that, or even um, the the street um, to my home was not paved. Um, so very very um, different. I my husband and I talk about this a lot. Like, you know, he says, "What were your parents thinking?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I think they just threw caution to the wind, and they thought." oh everything will be okay you know and um yeah. it was it was a rough transition um but something that uh I wouldn't be the person that I am today if we did not make that move yeah and you had an oak tree there right oh yeah we had there were uh several um oak trees um to the if I'm facing the lake to the right of the house the home and um uh, swamp oaks um and um they were like a trio of them together and then 
across from them more. So you'd have a parking space and then across from them more trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in the in your book you talk oh, about I'm sorry, you're talking about the Salem oak. You're talking about the oak, the the Yes, hunter. the the yeah. oak. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, but you also in the book, no, no, but in the book you also talk about those other windy Yeah. No, I mean it could be either one. one. It could be either one. Yeah. But the the Salem oak was really quite something and I was very deeply saddened to find out that it had died. Um, although they have dispersed its um, seeds elsewhere in the country, but it is no longer. A storm took it down. So, oh, wow. Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> um, me, like, you know, as a child to visit a tree for our, um, our field trip, you know, okay. and so different. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we're going to go see a tree today. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if somebody took a field trip like that today? It's yeah, not so no, common. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But yet it's so important. I wish people would take trips. Yeah. They lovely. probably do to Angel Angel Oak and um, down south. People do make journeys to see those trees. Okay. Oh, some really majestic trees down there. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the themes I think that I, I noticed in your book at the beginning, the, the first chapters is that, you know, and you say it in the book, actually, that you're trying to remind the reader that um, we should never take indigenous or local trees for granted. Yes. And you say they're precious and a marker of home. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, the, the, you know, take note of your surroundings yes. and, the, and the beautiful trees that you have around you is, is the message that I get. Absolutely. What do trees do for you? Um, you know, like when I was growing up, they were a place, it was a solace for me. Um, there was a lot of like chaos going on around me and I could go into um, this particular tree. I believe it was an elm tree um, and just rest in the arms of the tree and uh, it was just so calming and beautiful and I would fall asleep there. Oh, I loved climbing trees as a youth. Um, and if there are no trees, I, I really, I can't live in the place. <laughs> I, I tried it. <laughs> Didn't work for you? <laughs> no. Um, one of my chief complaints I wrote in my memoir about that, that place, I was like, there were no trees and too much concrete. I couldn't stay there. So, yeah. yeah. There might be some people listening who do live in what we call the concrete jungle. Yeah. <laughs> or con or surrounded by concrete. Oh, but definitely. Yeah, but I think there's there's always a tree to find. They yeah. might not be majestic. And you can grow yeah. them. Yeah. yeah, I mean you can grow them in home. The the lemon trees and um, all of the different kinds of citrus and things like that banana so yeah there's yeah. always some there's always a place to to put a tree and and, and start yeah. and, and cultivate it and I remember mm. back in the day and you know I grew up in suburb of Chicago myself and back in the early you know the late 70s early 80s okay I'm dating myself <laughs> uh, we we had Arbor Day and everybody received a little tree and we planted yeah. ours in our 
in our home outside. So it was just this mm-hmm. tiny little plant and it's grown to become this big tree now. I've gone to visit my old home. I don't, we don't own it anymore, but I've, I've gone by there and I see this big tree and I'm like, wow, I planted that. That was back in oh, the day. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, it's rewarding and a sense of accomplishment and I'm sharing with the earth. It sounds really mm-hmm. lovely. They don't do that anymore now, but I wish they would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like where I live, there is a Department of Forestry, which I'm very impressed that they have that. And um, we have a lot of um, forest preserves and, and things where you can go. And so that's the thing. If you're really feeling ur- in an urban environment, you can always go to those places. Yeah. And I guess some states have them more than others, but everywhere has them. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, our when I was reading your book, and I think I mentioned this to you when I um, contacted you to come on the podcast, I think a lot about our sense of smell, obviously, but your book also connected me with my sense of smell because like trees, like the African um, heritage and traditions that we're going to talk about in a minute, um, smells give you a sense of place. They give you a sense of history and Mm -hmm. also a sense of the passage of time. And I think that's just such a beautiful connection that that it has. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, that um, smell and the um, therapy of aroma um, is so important to my work. And I'm, I was so happy when you wrote, reached out to me was like oh someone gets it like, <laughs> what I'm doing in my work because you people get many elements of the work you know but the herbalism and aromatherapy has come around to people more slowly they're like oh yes <laughs> and yes. she's an herbalist um you know because they focus on other things they're more you know oh hoodoo or what is that like you know, how can I use that? Or just what is it? The curiosity of it all. So um, yeah, I really like it that now people are starting to contextualize the work along with um, its European counterparts and see that, oh yeah, this is (laughs) Doesn't all have to be European, let's be clear. (laughs) Let's let's take a new lens and- Or a new a new sniff. Well, it's not always yes. visual. We always are visual. Like it's mm-hmm. in our vocabulary. We always have to. Ah, I have to keep rewiring my brain to not be so visual. <laughs> you know, yeah. One of the things, like when I was younger, um, and because when you asked that question, I was like, "Is she asking? Like, could I say this?" But I'm just gonna say it. Um, we used to drive by. It was near Mannington Mills and um in salem outside of salem new jersey and there was a dilapidated um factory not too large though and with my little mind you know i was like nine ten eleven i was like that's the future home of my perfume factory not kidding not kidding whatsoever yeah i was like that's that's where i will have it and of course, you know, it never came to fruition, but I always like looked at that place and I had my dreams, you know, I'm going to make perfume in that place with no, you know, 
there was no precedent for it in my family. No one had done anything like that, but um, it's something that was in my dreams and hopes is to create scented pieces for people. So, so you were connected to your sense of smell quite a bit then. I mean, that's one of the oh, senses yeah. that, yeah, that yeah, really got you. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I think that that's interesting because you, I've, I've had other guests on who have said that they've felt something about their sense of smell and they kept it to themselves because we're just not a society or culture that talks a lot about smells. So yeah, you almost feel like America. you have to keep it to yourself, right? Exactly. They're going to think I'm weird that I'm thinking these things. And I, yeah. I hope that we continue to bring the conversation forward and we, oh, yes. that's what and this podcast is. Pass it down, you know, with my children. They also, my daughter now does, um, you know, she does the aromatherapeutic products. And when I smell hers, I'm like, oh, this is different, but I like it. You know, how wonderful. Yeah. And my son, um, all three of my sons, they like, their soaps and the incense and the candles like the whole mine yeah especially particularly I think incense and soap they like a lot so um I always keep them stocked up with that (laughs) (laughs) good good keep it going keep the generations for you know thinking about it that's wonderful I wanted to talk about another tree we talked a little bit about the the oak but I want to talk about the pine tree mm, yes mm-hmm. because the pine tree is you know, I, I mean I I we know the pine tree here from North America it's it's got a lot of local or you know American traditions but you yes. know what does the pine tree mean to the African-American community or to you in particular mm-hmm. yeah you know so I grew up with my grandfather in our home who had been born in 1890 and, um, you know, he lived on a, um, a plantation and he had a lot of the old ways of the, the people, um, the generations before him were living in him. And then he came and lived in our home and he just like, couldn't get enough of pine products and things, you know, mm. turpentine, um, he thought of in, and used in a medicinal way um the soap the tar soap and um and things like that and then my mother was always like cleaning the floor and sometimes a smelly person (laughs) with a tiny (laughs) bit of pine oil um so I saw it like just directly I'm like we are not anomalies this is like cultural this is a thing Mm-hmm. that um and then looking at my grandfather and that that goes back um yeah so then I did more studies about it and learned that we um really look upon it as a symbol of life because of the evergreen quality that mm-hmm. it um has its roots that are um very um extensive and then um the green we can always look to that for hope and um regeneration so yeah it's just and the so, smell the smell it's yes. clear the oh, smell yeah. of the pine is just yes the gorgeous smell yeah helps to bring you bring you back you know it just it's regenerative yeah 
Yeah. And in the book, you have your wonderful recipe for the, the pine wash. So mm -hmm. people should check that out. Uh, yeah. It's not just like pine, like um, all of the different conifers offer different um, scent possibilities. And um, yeah, we, we use a lot of the different ones for different purposes. So. Yeah. Well, now there's even more science behind how the smell can really help us. The the pine yeah. scent or just the, the smells of the forest, how it can help calm us. And, you know, there's people yes. actually studied it. things that, you know, for centuries people have known or felt mm. <laughs> now is just science has caught up a little bit and is confirmed oh, yes. the things that we've known for a long time. So, yeah. And it's it's a growing field of um, exploration that's really fascinating to me. But I think science, you know, science has its place absolutely because some people are skeptical until they see the science. But yes. I think I think we also have to believe what has been passed down to us and, and yes, and what we are experiencing, what we feel. We don't always, you know, not to say I'm I'm anti science by no means. I'm mm -hmm. all for science, but. Uh, but I think there's a lot of tradition that has not yet been studied scientifically. That's still. Yes. And sometimes, you know, you can hear different things about like the trees um, talking and having a language. And then I'm like, of course, that's, that's tree whispering, you know, mm -hmm. that's the African-American um, tradition of that, that goes back to indigenous Africa. So um you do a, of course, an agreement with it, but it's not like, oh my goodness, really? <laughs> so it's um, a little bit of a different kind of recognition. And I know everybody doesn't know about tree whispering or have tree whispers in their family, but um, some people do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to touch on something you just said, and let's get into Indigenous Africa, because that's along with trees in general which you talk about a lot in the book you, you also just talk you know we go to africa in your book and mm -hmm. and there's so much information in there you have to check it out everyone but i, I want to talk about that a little bit um just the example after example of contributions of, of foundations really from africa that relate to perfumery that relate to aromatherapy that relate to herbalism all of it yes. um, the healing arts so to speak it all started in Africa. So can you can you tell us a little about some of the things? I mean, I know you talk about in Alexandria, Egypt, Maria Prophetissima created the yes. first true still. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. The, and it's really interesting to go into Egypt and uh, that part of the world and look at the like the gardens of like Queen of Sheba that are yes. attributed um, to her. Oh, and the like the salves and the palmades, like, you know, straight from, from Egypt to today, like um it's uh I don't know, it's beautiful and uh it's wonderful. Yeah, I just I love these um the garden um concept of um when you when you see the gardens then you understand where things the different types of incense come from that are so complex and and beautiful the wine incense that is 
um, soft and, and gentle, the loose incenses. You know, people don't really understand this idea of burning um, different kinds of scents, um, putting them together just with tweezers. But um, that's a really beautiful way of creating um, smoldering scent. Um, and they, you could go through one of those gardens with your basket and then um, there it would be, there would be your beautiful smoldering incense. Um, so beautiful. I mean, it's, yeah. you get your food there in the garden and then you get your incense to create the environment, to create the, the rituals, right? Yeah. The One of the, um, and one of the things speaking of um, in Africa is um, that I write about in, in this book, it are um, the pygmies of the Itari forest. Okay. And um, I, when I did my ancestry searches um, for such a long time, we were confused and baffled, like, what is it? We see, we know it's African, but not like anything beyond that. And yet there is so much um, there in the material. Eventually it was found that it was the pygmies that I was writing about in particular. Um, oh. Yeah, who live there, they are the forest people. They are called the forest people of the Congo. So, um, I don't even know like how something like that would happen. It's sort of like the the perfume uh, factory dream and then the becoming like a small um, producer of different scented um, products for people with um, my connection with the forest people. When I came upon them, I was like, oh my goodness, like, what like they celebrate honey and do the honey dance and honey mating rituals and and they know the forest they know how to walk it like so quietly and without getting harmed in this thick like <laughs> lack of a better world word like a jungle you know it's just like yeah, really yeah. really difficult for other people to maneuver through they can just maneuver through like ballet dancers yeah. so um yeah, we have like um, a rich history of um, intertwining and um, living amongst the trees, celebrating them, telling stories around them, um, using every different part. So yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what I wanted to do in the book, like is also like celebrate different um, people who are um, planting and cultivating trees and um, different projects with shea butter um, and yes. cocoa butter, things like that. Like I still like to champion the women and children who are producing the shea butter. Mm. Um, the also frankincense and myrrh. Like I really um, encourage people to engage with it and utilize it and try to give instructions on how to use it um, most effectively. I just got some new um, frankincense and myrrh from it's, um, I believe it's Somalian. Mm. And um, I burn it on a little bamboo um, charcoal that um, is oblong. So um, 
you know, it's very narrow and I put it on with my tweezers and then, and move it around. It's nice. lovely. They're lovely together. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, um, they're related and they're related back to the pine trees, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, we could go on and on with this in this book you have you go through all kinds of different regions of africa the trees the the resources that are there and you you bring in recipes and yes. things people could try at home which i think is really wonderful and i i think yes you said you wrote it a long time ago which is yeah. i think it's been 15 years or something like mm -hmm. that and yet i would argue this book is more important and relevant today than ever before. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Um, the work, my work is finally um, catching up with the times that we are living in now. And that book is going to be um, reprinted next year by um, Red Wheel Wiser. It's gonna be have a new cover and be renamed and so forth. I just, I feel like, how I don't like to be, be negative. It's just like, but like, it's no fault of anyone. It just wasn't like it's time when it came out. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I rush things out and they need, they need to be out at a different time. So um, now is the time for, for that sort of book. And um the book that um my big book that's coming out next year motherland herbal mm. it's a herbal encyclopedia and it's kind of a little bit of um it brings in threads of all of my different work so it's going to be very interesting to see how that comes together and how it's received but the time is now yeah and we need it we need we need love and adoration for trees right now. So yes, yes. And we need to connect back to nature. We're going more and more into this virtual AI, all this yes. non-connecting to the real world. And and yeah. more than ever, we need to connect with the real world. And I think yes. Yeah. And we and we need to another thing you talk about in the book, it's in the your in your epilogue, but it's 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 so critical today is this whole need for environmentalism, sustainability. All yes. the push for conservation mm -hmm. go into that extensively too. There's so many resources in there, even from 15 years ago, and yeah, you could add to that now, right? <laughs> There's even more work being done now. Yeah, I think that like it's just so interesting to me that like there are seers and visionaries like yourself who can see um, through color, and you're seeing the essence of the work. And there's another. Um, gentleman that's been following my work and he put me in a um, con compendium sort of encyclopedia of folklore of different regions of the country mm -hmm. um, and he sees the work and he see he's like you are an environmentalist you're a conservationist yes. um, and um, I really I, I feel so happy my heart sings when people say things like that to me mm -hmm. because um again like sometimes it just goes you know people I don't know what they're focusing on but I don't know maybe I don't know what I don't want to 
ever say anything negative. So <laughs> I yeah. won't. I think a lot of people but... are hurting. We've gone through a lot, especially, yeah. you know, during the pandemic. I mean, beyond the pandemic, there's just still yeah. so much hurt out there. And, and the earth is hurting itself. I mean, it is. All of us are, are hurting. Yeah. With pain. Yes. And, and sorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, well, all we can do is, is continue to, you know, spread the word, <laughs> um, have people connect with nature. And, and I, I hope there's still a few copies out there of the current book. So yeah. people will grab it while it's still available. Yeah. And then next year we can. Um, yeah, we'll see a, a refresh. Um, but yeah, when you talk about scent and trees, like what a perfect um, match of a conversation because trees just give off so much um, scent just in their form when you're in the forest with them or even in the neighborhood, you go up and smell um, right after the rain, which is where I am right now. It has just rained. Oh, and So nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's lovely. It's delicious. Um, yeah. Don't you feel like they're talking to you when the when they get when you smell them like when you smell yeah. the air? You, I feel like it's like a way of well they do communicate that way. I mean mm -hmm. it's been proven that trees communicate through their scent. So yes. I feel like we can also listen and 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 in a way communicate with them through mm -hmm. through smelling. Yeah, yeah, through smell and like just like taking little vials of the water that comes off of the leaves, like the leaves and our uh, sort of budding now they're they're so new where I am right now um it's just such a delightful time of the year and it's just like the smell is subtle and yeah. it's beautiful um yeah. yeah you have to you have to pay attention yes it, it it's it requires attention and and yeah. We have, our mind is so divergent and, and we have difficulty with paying attention, but that's what smell gives you. It, it kind yes. of allows you to pay attention mm -hmm. and perceive and be mindful. So it's nice. And it's free. That's right. There's no cost. There is no cost to you to get nature's aromatherapy. Right. <laughs> right. Well, thank you for writing the book. We have, we'll have the link in the in the episode notes everybody grab those remaining copies that are out there now i've i've gifted a lot of it already so, but but i hope people will go out and buy and then uh, i'll i'll be sure once your your updated version is out i'll be sure to spread the word once again oh, thank you so much i really <laughs> appreciate it no no i'm happy to do so it was not a big um market um successful um widely you know, publicized book. I've had very little opportunity to speak only on it. And I really appreciate this experience today. Thank you for joining me on An Aromatic Life. If you're interested in learning more about your sense of smell from all different perspectives, subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends too. And it would be really helpful if you could rate the podcast so it helps others find it too. I also invite you to check out my website, falkaromatherapy.com, where you'll find information about workshops, courses, and other programs I offer. And make sure you grab my free audio training, How to Smell to Be Well, which you can download from my website. Until next time, 
Remember to smell everything and have a wonderful day.